0: Hello and welcome to the Geek Embassy Watches Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, and I'm here with Dante and Isabella today. Say hi. hi. Hello. <laughs> and we are live, so this is a live episode, um, which is really fun and really cool. So if you are um, watching, I have the chat open on um, the YouTube page. Uh, you can get the link on both the Geek Embassy Twitter and on my, um, at Doc Liz Twitter right now. And, uh, we'd love to incorporate your comments and thoughts, um, as we chat about episodes five and six of, um, CBS All Access, Star Trek Discovery, or Star Trek Disco, I guess is the short abbreviated name for it. Yeah. I'm, no I, I
1: I literally laughed at uh, at watching their t-shirts and and I'm like, why does it say disco? Oh God? And then I realized <laughs> what it meant and then i i I just did one of these. <laughs> I I thought, see- like that's something that that's something that uh you know that that, that a rabbit fan is going to go ahead and do. Yeah, right, It's like a Tumblr joke or a Pinterest joke or something. It's not something that I expected to actually see on the on the, show. On like the TV the show.
0: Product placement like so clearly like, oh, I'm sure there's a link somewhere in CBS land to actually go get a black t-shirt that says Disco and probably says Star Trek Discovery on the back of it. I don't know. Um, but I kind of bristled a little bit at that because there was a really big push in the third um, season of the original series to start doing a lot of product placement that Leonard Nimoy and um, William Shatner pushed back pretty hard on, mm-hmm. um, not realizing at that time that all they had to do to you know get like marketing going was like sell tricorders. <laughs> oh, really? All they would have had to do was make that. They actually started trying to put things in the episodes where they had these like special emblems that were going to be pins that they were going to sell and stuff um and of course all they really had to do to you know make a profit on the secondary market stuff would have been to make kids dry quarters and stuff which they eventually did but yeah it was, it at that point they were trying to create it when they already had plenty of material to work from i just always thought that was funny
1: yeah. I was going to say, like, you know, like, go ahead and make a plastic phaser, sell yeah. it for five bucks. Kids mm-hmm. will literally drag their parents to Toys R Us.
0: Yes. In order to buy this for me, please. All right. So, episodes five and six. Um, five was Choose Your Pain, and six mm-hmm. is Leith. L E T H E. Leith. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Anybody
1: know? I, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't hear them say the word leave in the um, at uh, all in the episode.
0: In fact, so. until I sat down at this moment, right before we started recording and pulled up the episode, I didn't even know that was the title, or didn't remember that was the title. So, um, but it, you know, kind of an improvement from um, the longest title ever of the oh, yeah. "The <laughs> Jerk's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry" or whatever it was drama yeah. title. Mm-hmm. So, I rolled right. my eyes so hard at that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still rolling my eyes at that one. <laughs> yep. So we're going to start with episode five, um, Choose Your Pain. And so mm-hmm. this is, um, the episode opens with Lorca um, meeting with uh, the ambassadors and pretty much his bosses, and they're yelling at him for being bad.
1: Being bad at his job, Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: And, and doing things he shouldn't be doing, sort of taking and um, do, doing the kind of rogue captain activities of I'm going to go do my own thing regardless of what my orders are, um, which I'm mm-hmm. sure is going to be a thing we're going to continue to see.
1: Absolutely. With so Regina, you've watched a lot more of the uh, of the original series than I have. Um, I'm given to understand that that was kind of Captain Kirk's entire MO. Is, is that correct?
0: Um, he definitely pushed the boundaries of um, kind of that chaotic good approach of mm-hmm. I'm going to make the right choice for this situation regardless of what the rules say. Um, but he never really completely disregarded orders he had been given um, the okay. way that Lorca is doing. Uh, where Lorca has that, you know, someone gave him a direct order and said, you need to protect, you're our greatest asset, and you need to protect this, and he just said no. Like, Captain Kirk was never quite that obvious about it. Okay. Or okay. overt, I should say. Like, his okay. his decisions, I mean, he, he did definitely do that. There were, you know, quite a few instances where he kind of went, on, went rogue or whatnot. Yeah, um, which I think, uh, if you're more familiar with um, the next generation, mm-hmm. um, Picard was definitely in response to that in terms of being the role follower of being, you know, yeah, in within the lines kind of captain in mm-hmm. response to uh, in response to um, Kirk being quite so cowboy like. That's always the comparison.
1: Okay, okay. So yeah, so so it's safe to say then that Lorga is really unlike any other Starfleet captain we've ever encountered.
0: I would be comfortable saying that, yes. okay. I think it's a reflection. We talked about this in the panel um, when we talked about like villains becoming um, like muddy or in this, it's more our heroes are is <laughs> so muddy that hey, I yeah. think he's becoming the villain to a degree mm-hmm. um, which is. Uh, Not too terribly surprising, especially with the way episode six ended. But we'll get, let's not quite jump quite that far ahead um, in our discussion (laughs) and stick with episode five. I can't wait to talk about him in episode six because he was just so, (sighs) I don't even know how to describe him. Troubling for me, I guess. Anyway.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah there was one part in this episode which was troubling for me but that's an entirely different thing <laughs>
0: right okay so yeah. episode 5 um so he's he we see him in a in a panel of all the the bosses telling him rain it in troublemaker mm-hmm. um and then from after he leaves that um meeting his uh, shuttle is um compromised and uh the klingons capture him, and to um, not wearing red red shirts.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that, is, that is the thing that has annoyed the tar out of me this entire time. It's like, the people who were dying are clearly red shirts, but they are not wearing red. And it makes me sad.
0: <laughs> I mean, they created that whole thing, became the red shirt. So.
1: You no, know, it's just like, it, like, and it happened in episode 6 as well. We'll get to that part in episode 6. But like, right. two red shirts yeah. were, were killed like indiscriminately but, yes. yeah yeah,
0: yeah it, it's definitely and it, it it became clear as soon as it was attacked as soon as he was in the shuttle and we were seeing it i'm like okay what's horrible things about to happen
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> and
0: we don't know the names of these guys that he's with so um as soon as we saw like the torture um mm-hmm. begin in the in the so he's captured by the klingons the klingons throw him in jail. And the whole thing, apparently, of the torture for the Klingon, the the way the Klingons are torturing the humans, they have to pick one person. They all have to vote for one person. They have to vote Mm -hmm. somebody off the island, essentially. Yeah. Um, And to get the beating of the day. Yeah,
1: it is, like... I, I was i was just uh just literally right now making notes on uh on what i remembered about episode five and i loved i i lo- absolutely loved that part like it is it is disturbing and triggering as heck to watch what yes. it is um so so be advised dear dear watchers like it is triggering um but it is precisely what i've wanted to see from the klingons this entire time yeah uh, like the like the like this is like the the diabolical the the the, the, the chaotic evil Klingons that I wanted to see, the people who are going to go ahead and screw up your morale and make you turn on each other. Like this, th- these are those Klingons. And like, yeah, why can't I have those all the time?
0: Yeah. I, I thought that too, in terms of, we had seen so, so much of this kind of um, evangelistic Klingons going for um let's bring the clans together which is not like a bad thing necessarily but it doesn't really sit with what we've known of them as characters um so it definitely was more in line with how i've always thought of the klingons especially at this point in the timeline where they haven't made any kind of peace not only with themselves but haven't made any peace with um, the federation as well What did you think, Isabella? You've been awfully quiet so far. <laughs> um
3: yeah, I liked I liked what they did with the Klingons. Um I still don't like them. <laughs> the Klingons? I'm still bored by them. Yeah. I think you guys enjoy that part of it more than I did. Yeah. Um, because it was just, like, Lorca's man pain, like,
0: for a yeah. while. <laughs> well, I, I, I was pleased that the captain of the ship that got them was a female. Um, so at least, because you don't see a lot of women in leadership roles in the Klingon. Right. In, with the Klingons very often. So that was a nice kind of um, nod to some level of diversity, although I don't know if it really follows with their lore.
1: Um Yeah, I'm not sure that it does, but I'm hey. Not, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not complaining.
0: Yeah, I, I, I have to. I really, I, I, to be blatantly honest, I did not realize the level of purist I am about Star <laughs> Trek until That's, I started I mean, watching this show.
1: <laughs> I mean. I, I'm glad you said something first because I noticed it.
0: For me, <laughs> uh, like that I'm the, like these, that? Yeah, I just... Oh, yeah, for, the, for,
1: yeah, for these last two episodes,
0: yeah, the amount oh, of God. times
1: that you've said, I'm not really a purist, but...
0: I know. Like, like sure. I, I'm coming to grips with it. I'm, com- yeah. I'm coming to understand. A part, part of it is because, you know, I've talked about this in many places, but every, like, geekdom has a specific, like, place in your life. And for me, Star Trek re- resides with my dad. My dad was a huge Star Trek fan. Like, mm-hmm. he loved Star Trek from he watched all the original series, and I watched the first season of The Next Generation with him. Yeah. And so it has a lot of resonance for me, I think, a lot deeper than I really realized. Sure. Because um, usually, I think I come down between the Star Wars and Star Trek. Like, you can't be a fan of both. I'm usually on the Star Wars side, but now I'm thinking I'm really on the Star Trek. <laughs> yeah.
3: When you're arguing about tribbles,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I think you're firmly on the Star Trek side. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> Tiny so, bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I know you know I know the original series pretty well, and so Episode five has a great. Uh, one of the best characters from um, the original series, um, Hardcore Fenton Mud, um, in it. Um, and unless you know the story of his kind of background on the original series, you might not get all of the jokes that are sort of being portrayed in his uh, in his section of it. Um, but I just loved him, and I love the actor who's playing him. I can't remember his name off the top of my head here. Rain Wilson. Yeah, Rain Wilson. He's awesome. I just, I just, he did a great job.
1: He, like, he really did. I, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I admit to having watched maybe five or six episodes of the original series, so I didn't know who this guy was or why he's important. I figured, like, oh, cool, he's kind of fun. Um yeah. But, but yeah, like he, he did a great job. I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed what he. What he brought to that, um, what he brought to those scenes with the, with the prisoners, he, you know, he he really was, um, he really was the wild card in there, and he, you know, goodness, I hate to make a microeconomics pun, but he kind of made the prisoner's dilemma a thing.
0: He did, <laughs> uh, he did, and it's really interesting um, to know because you know what's what happened on the next on the original series will mm-hmm. happen in the future. Um, to where he is now. And so one of the the things that was so hilarious is, um, there's two episodes in the original series that Mud is in. Um, I can't remember. One of them is Muds women. Um, which I think is the first one that they find him in. And the next one, I can't remember the title of off the top of my head. Um, But he in the first, he's essentially trafficking in like he's selling women to minors who are like super attractive to be their wives. And it turns out the reason why they're super attractive is because they're taking some sort of drug that changes them to look like goddesses or like change them. And essentially it's bad, you know, you know, 1960s sci-fi so it's like with bad makeup and good makeup like bad hair and good hair is like really the only difference between like the magic drug that they take Um, but that's his first one and so um, Kirk busts him and um, you know I can't remember exactly how they end up punishing him but in the second episode Mudd has found himself on a planet where um, uh, some very intelligent beings had created a bunch of robots that were completely um, lost because the beings that they had been created to care for all died. Uh Mudlands here is the only human among them of, you know, uh, this entire uh, world of robots. And he has given them purpose because they have someone Uh to take care of now. And he, he has them create like, I don't know, X number of uh, models of one, you know, beautiful woman. But the funny part or kind of tragic thing is, you know, he mentions his wife, Stella, right? Sure. To get back to Stella. This is like really important to him in this. Well, in that episode, Stella, the reference to Stella, was he had the robots make a version of Stella. and That's not creepy
1: at all. Not
0: at all, right? (laughs) But it gets better because he had them make a, a version of her, but not so he could be like... Married to her or with her, so he could put her off on the side in a little cave, and all she did was like raise her finger and complain to him, Hardcore Fenton Mud, you get back here right now and you do the dishes or whatever it is, right? That's (laughs) and
2: that's really funny. (laughs) And
0: he can say to her, You know, be quiet or shut up, Stella, and she will shut down and go back into her cave, and like the lights go out. Like, so the only reason. Mm-hmm. He had Stella created, was so he could silence her. Yeah. <laughs> Some horrible. That is messed up? <laughs> so when you know that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you're watching him say with like all this like heart and emotion, I have to get back to Stella. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just hilarious. Anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Bud is in the prison cell where where Lorca gets thrown, Just how we come, the prisoner's dilemma. And they're all trying to choose who gets tortured. Yeah, um, yeah and there's another um, crewman from another who's been captive for, you know, what was it? Seven months. Seven months at this point Yep. Um, from that, who had been captured and had been um, a favorite of the female captain.
1: All right. So, was I the only one who was creeped out when they said a favorite of the female captain? Yes. Okay. Like,
0: I mean, yeah. Like, no, I mean you like, weren't the only was, one. Sorry. Is, yeah, it sounds creepy
1: too. Like, like I don't want to go ahead and make it sound like you know, like I have a brain in the gutter or something. But like, is is that what I
0: think it is? Yeah, I'm think, pretty are, sure it are, was. Are they,
1: yeah, they're they're implying what I think they're implying, right?
0: Yeah. I think so. I mean, because oh. Cause oh. she says it to him when they escape oh. the man, she says, you know, you're going to come back to me. You know, you know you're going to miss what we had or something to that effect.
3: Which is why I think um, when this they made that, that's the only reason they really made her made her female, female made her captain female. so that they could add that level of depravity to it. Mm-hmm. That is so weird. Um, which is why I wasn't really a fan of that. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: But I I mean, the situation of him being a favorite is that she's had more than one. Yeah, yeah, because they probably died, right?
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. she's probably executed them for rejecting her advances or whatever,
0: or because she's tortured them to death. Yeah, or because she's she's tortured to death. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's hard to say. We don't get I enough mean, of that backstory, but truly, this was enough of that backstory.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was disturbing in in many other ways. However, there is an entire other half of this episode, yes. or rather, two thirds of this episode. The right. um, you know, so it, so in addition to, uh, to to Lorca being trapped on this uh, this prisoner bird of prey, we've also got the uh, the rescue efforts. Um, the rescue efforts uh, to go ahead and save him, with uh, Sanu being promoted to uh, acting captain, and right. then we have the uh, then we have the other subplot, uh, which is kind of tied into the uh, to the other one with the uh, with the, the the moral dilemma that they have with the tardigrade. So, which one of those do we want to tackle first?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's do uh, Sanu first.
1: Okay, so I, I I've been a fan of Sanu for this this entire series. I yeah, thought that I he was I thought that he was just out the gate one of the most well-rounded characters. And I mean it could just be that my eyes are clouded because I really enjoyed Doug Jones as an actor. But I thought that he was like he's always been he's always been on the top of his game. And watching watching Sanu clearly struggle with his captainship
2: mm-hmm. just
1: made me get endeared to the character a lot more. Um yep. uh yeah like I will like I'll I'll get a little bit personal uh with this one. Like with one of my very first librarian jobs, uh yes, hello universe. I'm a librarian in real life. Um <laughs> I was I was thrown into uh, into supervision and leadership like Right, like right away, and like after having basically zero experience with it, um, in 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 previous jobs and pre in previous life, all of the all of the the the, the struggles that Sinu that Sinu was uh was was going through, were things that were were things and and feelings that were that were churned up inside of inside of me when I was. You know, really trying to go ahead and present this this, this brave face and trying to make all of these bold decisions based on what i perceived a leader would do right and it led to some successes it led to some you know i'll i'll, I'll go out and say like some catastrophic failures <laughs> <laughs> um let's see but it, uh, it ultimately was a great learning experience for me and um and i i really I think that Snoop went through a very similar character arc throughout this entire episode. Um, like, granted, like you know, it's just it was just 40 minutes, but he realized like just how much he he had to, um, just how much he has to learn.
0: Yeah, um, I love this arc. I thought I thought it was well written. I thought it was well executed. I thought he act, his acting is superb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the scene where he tries to apply like advanced logic to what makes a good captain.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: He's asking well, the computer. Like the, <laughs> the,
0: like, go the outcome
3: of that. Yes. But um, he's like, no, never mind at the
0: like at the end where he's like, no, I don't actually need to like see like it's not well, it's, quantifiable, yeah. really when he trusts his own instincts and his own understanding of the world and the universe, he Uh succeeds. And I just thought that that was a fantastic, you know, he sees it differently. He's like, wait, what are they doing? Why is this formation different? What is happening with this? This is not normal. And mm-hmm. it was that level of acute observation that ends up being the reason why he succeeds so well. And yeah. I thought that that was just fantastic. I mean, what a takeaway message for any, you know, real, truly subplot. Like, this was, you know, um, one small piece of a very large and complex episode, so.
1: Absolutely. And involved that torture. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> torture. I mean, just, yeah. Um, I think the one thing... That I the one thing that I, I struggled with with regard to that subplot was that I don't think well goodness I mean he took accountability with uh, with, with the computer when the computer asked him you know or asked him like you know do you want an assessment but he still went to uh, went to Michael and, uh, and 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 said to her. Like, you know, like, if it was, basically, if it wasn't for you, I would have been more prepared for this scenario. Um, yeah. And I, th- I feel like that, like, that's probably, like, the one character failing that he, uh, that he made, that he still is, that he still bitter. is so, like, he's so bitter about, you know, about, about, probably about her mutiny and about the, about the advancement opportunities that he, you know, that
0: well, and that also, it wasn't even, him. it wasn't even just her mutiny. It was her inability to leave um, Giorgio's side
2: uh-huh.
0: um, because I think it's, it's kind of an insinuated in the pilot episodes that she had wanted her to take her own command sooner, you know, before. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. And she, and she didn't want to do that. So her her reluctance, she's kind of playing that, you know, Riker was like that too, where they'd come to Riker multiple times to offer him his own command, and he kept turning it down because he wanted to stay with, with, Picard. The, with Picard and with the Enterprise. Um, and I think mm-hmm. she was kind of following in that same thing. So he's like, had you gone off as you were supposed to, mm-hmm. you know, not only would I have had more experience as first officer, but you know you wouldn't have been here and you wouldn't have started this <laughs> awful
1: oh yeah right <laughs> I mean, so I, mean, I think this i think this entire exchange really only goes to further the point that Sanu is probably the best character on this show
0: yeah i yeah i i love him i love tilly too though i, I really have it oh, Tilly's spot great in, in my heart for <laughs> tilly yeah um, uh she
1: she started to warm my heart in episode six yeah, um, we'll get yeah. to episode six we'll get her.
0: there we're, we're almost there but she, yes but right. i i really like her and i really like him and i actually appreciate it you know i don't think it was definitely the mature Choice uh, for him to to go back to her at that um, with those with those feelings, but mm-hmm. I think it's a real choice. Like, oh,
1: absolutely, it
0: like is a that, real choice. Yeah, that acting out and that like harboring those kinds of bad feelings, I think, are things that would happen in real life. And so mm-hmm. I really kind of appreciated in terms of again, we'll go back to my Star Trek purist tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> One of the things that's kind of hard to deal with in the next generation is exactly how controlled everybody is about their feelings and about their thoughts. And Uh there's kind of this overly cautious, careful thing. And I was worried that they were taking a lot of that aesthetic onto this show. And this, this shows that that's not as true. Um, and yeah. so does Lorca's kind of craziness as well. Like his, his, you know, we're in war, and I can, I'm going to do whatever I can to succeed and to keep people safe because we're in war. Also, yeah. lies, you know, less sort of emotional, it, it, a less emotional evolved state, and I think that that's good as well.
1: Yeah, another thing that we'll return to in episode six.
0: Yes, another thing that we won't to <laughs> in episode six because man okay. is he a jerk. Um. Um, so let's
1: let's then I think we've covered then the new plot arc. So the final yes. plot arc then for episode five would be the uh, the tardigrade plot arc. Yes, um, where yes. it's clearly it's clearly Damaging. being tortured and yeah and getting damaged in order to propel Discovery to be the number one secret weapon that it is. So how do we feel like this was, pardon the pun, executed? <laughs>
0: Um, I think it was good. I liked, I liked the way it was, it was told. Um, I, you know, it's, it's hard. Uh, I, no, no, I'm trying to remember. So this is where, um, the engineer, the scientist guy, Stamets actually, Stamets actually puts himself in, yeah. in the chamber in this, then, right? Yeah. Because per- they, yes. jumped, they jumped, they jump to, okay, right. They jump to rescue. So they use the magical jumping mechanism to jump to rescue the captain mm-hmm. um, and then they then the tardigrade curls up into a little ball.
1: Yeah, curls up yeah, curls up into a little ball and practically like it oh no what There was a term that they used for it, and I can't remember the term because it's like seventeen syllables Um, long. But it basically ejected something in the neighborhood of like ninety percent of the of the the water that's in its body, Mm -hmm. and it went into some sort of deep hibernation state. Which apparently, like I looked in Wikipedia, and apparently that's a thing that real tardigrades do. Oh, so yeah,
3: tardigrades can like exist in like space. They're incredibly thing. This is just like a giant one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's incredible is what it is. Um, like, and I kind of wish that it would, uh, that it could be around, uh, be around more often.
0: Well, I don't think we've seen the end of a tardigrade. I'm assuming that we'll come yeah. across them again. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking to see I have a summary, um, an episode recap up of it, but I don't see them actually say what the, um, what that word is for what ended up happening. But yeah, so it.
1: Yeah, so so it goes ahead and it it goes into its into its hibernating state, Um, goes into its hibernating state, which presents several problems. Is that one they now can't get out of Klingon space fast enough, Um, and then number and then number two uh, is that they are going to uh, is that you know what what do you do with an ostensibly you know dead tardigrade? Right. Yes. Um, yeah, and this is this is where uh, where we see Stamets start to have more of a more of a personality than stuck up science officer. <laughs> um, where he where he starts to to go ahead and give some of that initial pushback uh, for Sanu. Right. Uh, and he and he tells him like like listen, like no, like Michael like Michael is correct. You know, Michael is correct, like this thing is being hurt, it's being tortured, and it cannot sustain. It cannot the they cannot sustain the uh, the, the pressure uh, that we are putting onto it, and it's going like and it's going to go ahead and crack, and mm-hmm. um, and and then later after the hibernation happens, when Sinu basically says like, "Well, you figure it out, wake it up,"
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and against uh, explicitly against Sinu's orders, he goes ahead and he puts the magical spore juice or whatever into his body and basically becomes a surrogate tardigrade and uses himself to go ahead and power the leap outside of...
0: Right, which he doesn't tell anybody. He just says, you know... He
1: just says, you are like, I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee.
0: Right. The bridge says, okay, the drive <laughs> is online. And, um, Saru says let's go and he hits the button without realizing what had happened. Yeah. And was Michael on the board at that point? Uh on the think, board on um the, i think uh,
1: michael had made her way to the bridge at that point yeah but i, for, I mean i forget I me mean, like it, it doesn't matter like you know they all went down to right. the engineering lab and yeah. found out like oh whoa look at that that's crazy he's
0: laying on the ground and then- <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And then they recognize that, you know, he needs to he needs help and they think he's dead. Luckily enough he's not. Or maybe not luckily enough because the moment yeah, that creeped oh, Don out so badly for this episode was, that I thought was oh, absolutely outstanding.
1: It was it was terrible. <laughs> it
0: also gave me the PBGB's. Like, me, no oh, it's creepy. Nope.
1: Makes me very sad. Um so for like like good thing about that scene, hooray, there's 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 a visibly interracial couple and there's a visibly gay couple. Yes. Like they're both it was the beautiful. same
0: couple, I was great. like, wow, look at this. This is like, you want to talk about the evolution of Star Trek? Yes.
1: Good. You know, like the, like this is incredible. It's, uh, it's it's Stamets and I forget what the doctor's name is, but the the doctor's a black man. Stamets is a painfully white man, and they're sitting <laughs> together and brushing their teeth and being all cutesy wootsy, uh, and it it was do great. You. Like do, like yeah, doing all their all the little you know like married couple banter. Like it, it was yeah. it was nice and cute. And, and there I
0: was th- one allusion to it where um. He goes to Michael about, you know, the tardigrade and says, well, maybe he'll listen to you because he doesn't listen to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that was like, are they doing what I think they're doing? I know. I thought that, too. I'm like, I wonder.
1: See, but that like and that was fine. And I thought it was all going to be great. And and here's the thing. Like, like, I knew that as soon as the doctor walked out the room, that something was going to happen. I figured that we were going to turn back to Stamets and and. He would be like holding back, like, 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 some vomit, or like, like, his nose would start bleeding, or, or like, like, maybe his, like, his <laughs> eyes would be like, that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, like, I was thinking that, like, something like that was going to happen. Like, he like, had an he,
0: animal in him now, or some parasite,
1: like, like, something like, or something like, like, he was holding back that he was, that he's visibly ill because he doesn't want to upset his partner, right. or, some, or something, or yeah. something to that effect. It's but terrible. no, they have to go with the creepy route and have, and have. Him walk away and have his reflection like look back and be like, hey, no, that is terrible. Never do that. It is awful. And I didn't sleep for like two days. I didn't brush my teeth for like two days. Like, I walked into my bathroom, I did Listerine, and I spit it out in the kitchen sink so I wouldn't have to look at myself in the mirror. It was terrible. I hated it.
0: Well, I just have to go back to that some good storytelling then, because if it creeps yeah. you out that much, then.
1: I mean, uh, that, I'm that's okay the truth.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I didn't find it that creepy. I thought it was a super, sort of, a super interesting foreshadowing of, you know, this yeah, this is a good solution, I guess, but it may mm-hmm. not stay that way. Yeah, um, this might not be as good as we think it's going to be. So no,
1: absolutely. Yeah,
0: I think it's going to be cool. So that's the end of the episode, and that's cool. after um, Michael releases the tardigrade um, yep. into space. She gives it a shot of um, of the spores. 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 Yeah, and then um, and shoots yeah, it into space,
1: space because it wants to be it wants to be free, and then it magically just like unhibernates and just like oh okay cool. Peace, suckers. Yeah,
0: see you later. I'm gonna fly off now.
1: Yeah, and like, and that—that's really cool. Um, oh, you know what? We glossed over a very important part of uh of Lorca's character. Now that I think about it, um, that we that we. Get
0: oh yeah, I wanted to end, go back to that too. At the end
1: of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's I think it's there's. Some very important points that we need to cover with the uh, with the escape uh, is that one is that Sinu basically had nothing to do with the escape, which mm-hmm. is why I think he didn't want to get his evaluation. He just happened to show up in the right place at, at the right, right time. At the right time, because Lorca, <laughs> Lorca and Ash Tyler did all of their escaping for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought, like Ash Tyler was fantastic. And yes, he, he had that line. like, yeah, right. like I always knew it was going to be a two man job. I was just waiting waiting for the right man. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, go ahead and you know, suck it, mud. It was great. <laughs> right. um, so, so they basically go ahead and they fight their way out of this entire Klingon, uh,
0: and crime. they leave mud behind. Which and is they, they leave mud behind, behind
1: because yeah. he's a human sack of garbage.
0: Yes, because he's been colluding yeah. with them and giving them information and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. It's yeah, it's the it's Klingons. Ridiculous. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's bad.
1: Um, so, er- it in follows early... Mudd's
0: character, by the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> note. Of course.
0: Mud. Mud Mudd was always for mud. Mm-hmm. So yes, really follows the character.
1: So earlier in the episode, earlier in the episode, we see um, like, like we're talking like first two minutes. We see Lorca going ahead and like giving himself some eye drops because he's got this extreme photosensitivity uh, to light.
0: They're not eye drops.
1: Um. Oh. They're oh. Like is it like eye injections? It's a needle. Okay, so he puts like a needle in Which his eyes. Which
0: disturbing. Oh my yeah. god, I couldn't watch it. I was like, he picked up the needle and I'm like, Oh, I'm so out. Tell me when mm-hmm. it's over. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so he and and you don't know why, because you because know, and they have the doctor saying, like, you know, I could fix this, and he's like, like, you know damn well why I don't want to fix this. And we're just sitting there like, Well, I wonder what we're gonna find out at the end I of know, the day. I know, it should probably come back
0: up, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then and during the during the torture scenes, we find out that Lorca, uh that Lorca was the captain of another of another vessel. And uh, and and that vessel ended up basically getting destroyed. He was the only survivor, and this is where he picked up his extreme photosensitivity. Um, and, he
0: sacrificed his entire crew, like he, yeah, and then he blew up the ship so that they wouldn't be tortured by Klingons.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, um, so and and that was his like his greatest failing, his greatest regret, his greatest shame. Um, and then when he and Ash get into a Klingon escape pod, and they're 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 racing out to go ahead and get to the Enterprise—not the Enterprise, the Discovery. <laughs> sorry, it's just so Ash asks him about it, it's like you know, like that that ice sensitivity thing, like uh, that like that was from your previous ship, wasn't it? And and Lorca just responds with, you know, like we all choose our own pain, which is what the Klingons have been asking them the entire episode. Okay. Yeah, I was like that is that is a spectacular view into who into who Lorca is. Like, yeah, you know, and and it, it is consistent with everything that we've seen so far that he is willing to go ahead and defy direct orders and do what he thinks is the correct thing, mm-hmm. in order, like even if it is an extraordinarily unpopular and controversial choice,
0: and you know, um, and puts him and his crew in danger, and you mm-hmm. know, he's he's
1: yeah but it, but again like it, yeah but like even though he's reckless it it shows that he is not without remorse like he could easily yes. go ahead and have this fixed but he keep but he keeps this injury around as a way to remind himself that he uh, that the choices he makes affect other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah and that it, there are hundreds of lives on his conscience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was it, it gave nice depth. That's one thing I've been very I've been very pleased with how they're developing the characters. Mm -hmm. And I think um, one of the notes you made Dante um, for the show today about episode six is exactly how many different subplots they have going. But I think that's really important because I think it is giving us insight into the characters Uh in a way that I don't think we've seen and we don't see generally in um, any kind of like drama. Sure. There's so many different things going on. Everybody's kind of got their own thing, and I really like that. It's giving the characters an amount of depth that Mm -hmm. um, they might not have otherwise had. So I think it's cool. It's going to be hard. I mean, it's a very um, intricate tapestry.
1: Very much. To call back
0: to my favorite Next Generation episode of Tapestry. (laughs) You remember Star
3: Trek episode titles. I know. You didn't think... No, you were a trekkie.
0: Oh, I thought I was a trekkie. I just didn't realize that it kind of outshone. But to be to be fair, um, when I went to see Star Wars in the theater for the first time, which was um, the like re-release of it, you know. Whenever the DVDs came out and they re-released with all the awful stuff that, um, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, in ninety seven. So in ninety seven, when I went to see it in the theater for the first time, and I was walking out, and the person I had seen it with is, I said, "Oh, I always love that scene where they're standing over Moss Eisley's spaceport, and they're, t- you know, he's talking about um, Obi Wan Kenobi says a more wretched hive of scum and villainy." I'm like, I love that scene because the way it arches out, and we're, I don't know, I'm talking about it, and the person I was with was like, were they what? Where are they?" What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, how do you know pretty, the name?
1: <laughs> how do you know the name? Like, it's 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 an iconic scene.
0: <laughs> it is. It is an iconic scene. But you know, that was a certain level of fandom, I guess, of uh, Star Wars that that person didn't understand at that time. Um, but you know, so I do have that as well. But but I do. I think because I've seen, I've seen next generation multiple times i've seen the original series multiple times i've never watched voyager all the way through Mm -hmm. um because i just can't stand voyager i haven't seen all of deep space nine
1: um i gotcha yeah i i I have fond memories in my heart of voyager because it came out when i was like god maybe like a between the ages of 11 and 13 Mm -hmm. when i didn't really have a filter or, uh, or, or a barometer for what was good. And what good, was bad. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like all I remember is that, you know, there's the right way, the wrong way and the way.
0: Right. Right. I
1: thought Janeway was great.
0: Right. And, and I can, I really wanted to like Janeway and I, I really, I really still have a hard time with the fact and I, I, A lot of people have told me if you get further into it, I think I stopped in season two somewhere. Maybe Mm -hmm. season three. I can't quite remember. Um, A lot of people say as you continue to watch, you know, Janeway grows on you and kind of the development of her character. But I just couldn't hang with some of the... I just didn't... I had difficulties with some of the science and some of the decisions they were making based on it. But let's not delve too far into Voyager when we still have episode six to talk
1: about. Yeah. So episode (laughs) six, leave Lethe he, yes. I don't yes. know. Um, like for like, dude, I, I I originally thought that it was it was called lathe L A T H E. Right. You know, right. Like, <laughs> a, you know like, like a thing in a fabrication factory. Yes. Um, but then I was like, oh no, leave, This is weird. Yes. <laughs> like okay, mm-hmm. like. You know. Look
0: so. up the definition here. Again.
1: I mean, like I knew a, I knew a roller oh. derby referee once named Leith L. Ejection, but...
0: It's That's a cool. Greek mythology. Ancient... Uh, was one of the rivers of the underworld of Hades. Ah! Oh, interesting.
2: interesting.
0: Also known <laughs> as the Amelius Potosmus River of Unmindfulness, the Leith followed around the cave of Hypnos and through the underworld where all those who drank from it experienced complete forgetfulness. Leith was also the name of the Greek spirit of forgetfulness and oblivion from who the river was often identified.
1: Interesting.
0: That is very interesting. So
1: let's see if we can go ahead and take a look at this episode in relation to its title. It
0: literally means Oblivion Mm. forgetfulness, Forgetfulness or Concealment. Mm. I'm sticking okay, well, with concealment we're as being. one with concealment. Season.
1: Then, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Way yeah. to go, Star Trek! You win.
0: Yeah, this one we'll go with. Um, after the butcher and the lamb, I'm I'm liking this one.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. So, forgetfulness, oblivion, and concealment. Because so- let me tell you, our Lorca.
1: I A mean, man. He's he's an interesting guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is most certainly an interesting guy.
0: Bad bad man. He's got some bad stuff he's going on in this episode. Um. So where do we? So we start out with him training Ash, right? Is not that where it begins?
1: With yeah, with him. Like we like we think that they're. Well, at least I thought that they were going through. Like they were going through like another Klingon vessel, like it, like the, I mm-hmm. figured that this was like a raiding party or something. That's what I thought. And well, then, yeah, you're
0: your yeah. Your, yeah,
1: and yeah, and then and then I think about halfway through the sequence, I thought to myself, like they're being too chummy for this. Like this is probably a holodeck thing, <laughs> and I was right. It's yeah, a holodeck right. thing. <laughs> um,
0: Consistency. They didn't have holodecks in the original series. Oh, uh, Yeah.
1: So. I I was pretty excited that I was pretty excited that we got kind of a local shout out. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, the three of us are based in the Pacific Northwest, and uh, Ash Tyler said that he's from uh, he's basically from Seattle. These um, from the Seattle area, That's and then. Right. And That's Lorca, right. Lorca's okay. like uh, was like Issaquah High School. And looks and like what? And I'm like I know where Issaquah is. Like that's great. <laughs> like and uh, and more specifically, I know that it's now 29 kilometers outside of Seattle. I don't know how many miles that is, but I know that's 29 <laughs> kilometers outside Seattle. Like yeah, I like to split hairs. You're not exactly like from Seattle, right? You know, which, which is like me. Like I like to say that I'm from New Haven. I'm from Naugatuck, Connecticut, which is like 30 miles outside of New Haven. <laughs> No, mm-hmm. not 30, 17 I do the
0: same so. thing. I say, well, I say I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, um, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'll just say I'm from San Francisco if I just want to, like, narrow it down but i didn't really grow up in san francisco so it's like uh...
1: yeah like yeah i I grew up in and around new haven but like i never actually like lived there yeah um so so if anybody if anybody out there ever sees me in real life and i tell you that i'm from new haven you have every right to go ahead and just call me out on that because i'm not actually from new haven anyway pacific northwest got a nice little uh shout out in that episode i was happy um but in it starts out with uh, with with Lorca going through this training exercise, and um, and then he basically immediately promotes Ash Tyler to his new chief of security. So I was just like, well, that that's kind of quick, yeah. uh, don't you think? And then as soon as I'm thinking that, Lorca is just like, yeah, well, you know, you spent seven months on this bird of prey, you know how to fight, you um, you know, and you've been involved in this war for basically more than anybody else on this vessel. If anybody. If anybody knows you know knows the klingons and knows how they think um and is prepared to go ahead and aid me in a war effort it's you and do you want this job or not i was like oh well i I, I guess that kind of makes sense
2: yeah Uh,
0: i i i I agree that i think it's a little rushed i'm a little suspect of ash's character just because it would be the perfect position infiltration (laughs) <laughs> yes it would it'd be the That's perfect what I'm way
3: suspicious of but i'm like i don't know if yeah can, like getting him getting him on the ship and then getting him out with someone tagging along and who he now trusts is like the perfect well then
0: who puts in charge of security like exactly mm-hmm. like the security charge of keeping people off Right. And keeping oh, people safe? Like, yeah. uh, you just got this guy. Like, I get the, like, war bond. I get the war bond. Like, okay, uh-huh. that, that's a, that that is not just something, you know, that is really a thing. Um, yeah. And I, I get his his desire and his rationalization is sound. Like, I, I understand all of that. But at the same uh-huh. time, I'm like, chief? Yeah. Chief of security? Well, that's where I'm like. This is a kind of arrogant of uh, oh, he's
3: so arrogant. He, he's like, I've done all my hair. I've done all my homework. I look like know everything about you, right? Fine, yeah, yeah. but like, you don't know everything. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, and and
3: that's something. That, yeah.
1: that's something that uh, that Admiral Cornwell basically like confronts Lorca about as well. Mm-hmm. Where she where, where she basically like she comes up to him and is like, listen, like. Like, listen to like to what, uh, the, what Regina and Isabella just said. <laughs> you know, like he's basically like he's basically just gotten just gotten off of this Klingon bird of prey. He's been off of it for like what, maybe two weeks, uh, after being a prisoner of war for uh, for seven months, and he hasn't even been back to Starfleet headquarters to be debriefed at this point. Like these are right. all points that she brings up to Lorca, and he's just like. Nah, eh,
3: whatever. Yeah, yeah, can you expect a guy who, who like said like, oh, I'm totally fine and probably lied his way through his like debrief and everything to be right, back his... in command after being tortured. Yeah.
0: And the t- other guy's been there for seven months. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that's that's you part of what she brings up too, totally. right? She brings up, <laughs> you know, he faked his way through um whatever evaluations they put him in after his last appointment and after mm-hmm. having, you know essentially killed his entire crew. Yeah. 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 So he faked his way through that. So we've got a certain level of uh, sociopath? Yeah. Sociopath? Uh, like, yeah.
1: sociopath um, I mean, sociopath is certainly a good word for it. But like, yeah. He's, I mean, like, like th- this is some extreme PTSD that he is mm-hmm. really not dealing with at this point. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like, he needs, like, he, like, Frankly, like, he needs Dean the Troy, like, on he this does. ship.
0: I I thought that, too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, okay, where's the counselor? Somebody needs to get the ship's counselor out here. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, like, 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 like get, get some sort of Zoid on the ship. Like, get him to go ahead and, like, get in touch with his feelings. Make him cry for, like, a week straight. And then maybe he'll be Okay. But like, like he's like, as we as we see throughout the episode, like he is definitely not dealing with anything. No, uh, he's
0: got so much denial going on. It's really, you mm-hmm. know, foundationally problematic for um for a captain in charge of not just a ship full of um, officers and people, but their most prized. <laughs>
1: yeah they're More most prized ship
0: in right now <laughs> you know?
1: like, which is another thing that Cornwell brings up <laughs> Yes. like like you were in charge of our number one ship and you are a walking mess of yeah. a human being
0: that he's sleeping with a gun by his bed because we you know we see them um, copulating yes, we see which is something we didn't well we saw we saw Kirk a couple of times but um.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know it's interesting to see that it was so it was so early and it was so quick and i wondered the first time she had been introduced if they had a romantic history because of just some of the play between them yeah there's a little bit more yeah, here yeah, i think
1: yeah it it it, it looks like they had there was some sort of like unspoken attraction to them or like maybe it was or, or maybe like they had a fling or something like that when they were both in the academy or whatever right. i'm like
0: i get it yeah um, yeah
1: like in like and it and it looks like you know like they had still maintained uh, maintained this this professional uh, courtesy and respect for each other and maybe had even evolved to the point where they became friends but then he started being a creep about it and like and uh, talk about like unhealthy coping mechanisms he starts deflecting pretty much every single one of her questions and basically like. Brings out, you know, brings out his uh his colander or uh, whatever the heck you put brandy in. I don't know what the what the term is.
2: Colander.
1: Uh, col- col- colander is not the right word. <laughs> decanter. Decanter, yes. I got the ear part right.
3: <laughs> colander. Colander is what you put
0: pasta in. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. In I, I realize mind. that now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wearing the hat. Did I miss that?
1: Yeah. So he, he brings out this decanter, just like here. Let's, let's drink. Go ahead. And we'll and we'll drink. Yeah, he doesn't bring out a colander and say, "Let's make pasta." That that would be
2: stupid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not at all romantic. Um, but yeah, he basically goes ahead and starts like you know, saying, "Like, let's go ahead and we'll get drunk and we'll you know we'll uh, we'll you know, you know do stuff together. It'll be great." Yeah. And then well, yeah, yeah, and then it's just and, his... it's in post coitus where she's just like you know, like touching some of the scars on his back, and he basically like flips over and shoves a phaser down her throat, and nearly yeah. kills her before he realizes who she is, and that he just had this violent reaction.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and he's, that's he's yeah, rebel. And it's it's interesting. It was it was a nice reveal of that mm-hmm. to have it be in a moment of intimacy. And quiet, yeah. rather than have him have a meltdown in a battle, um, which yeah. I, which I'm assuming will come as uh-huh. the story evolves. You know, he's going to be triggered again, and with this with the same sort of intensity. But I was really pleased that 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 first moment, our first glimpse into the depth of his trauma, came uh-huh. in a quiet moment because Absolutely. it gave it a lot of depth.
1: Yeah, I mean, like and he even apologizes, like, yeah, like I'm not used to having anybody else in my bed. Like, this is you know, mm-hmm. this is this is weird for me. and She's just freaking out, and like, 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 why are you still sleeping with a phaser underneath your pillow? Right. <laughs> like, you, know, you are like you are in a safe spot where no one is coming to get
0: you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah an, it's it's interesting. So essentially, yeah. what she says to him at that point is, I'm I'm going to recommend that you be removed from your position, and your, you have to give up your ship
1: yeah you're gonna have to give it your ship and like and she she even makes him this soft promise that like maybe yeah. after after uh some psych evaluations have come back you're like maybe we can go ahead and get you back you know back on if not this ship some ship right but um obviously like it's not good enough for him, and, and we and we see you know we see the you know the the this this classic like, like you know like little kid being scolded uh, approach where sinu comes up to him at the end of the episode it's like you know what should we do and he recommends this, this very straight and narrow uh following every single rule uh recommendation for it it's and so, yeah yeah to the point where like even sinu is just like um like are you sure are you like are you sure this is something you want to do we've usually kind of just like yeah just gone out there and not dealt with uh, not dealt with Starfleet before
0: yeah when someone you when someone he cares about I mean it's clear that they have a, a depth of relationship so um, you know had it been Michael or had it been Ash, there would have been no question about going on a rescue you know rescue mission regardless of what so he uses that to his advantage because what he's he's he's, he's, he's she he, she didn't tell anybody so at this point. She hasn't told anybody because part of what she says to him is, I will give you time to make it right with your crew so uh-huh. you can, you know, not be, you know, just pulled out. But, you know, when I come back from this mission, which uh-huh. I don't know about everybody else, but I was like, what? The Klingons want to meet with who? Yes. Off on some island by themselves?
2: Uh-huh
0: this yeah. already smelled from the beginning and he's like oh yeah just go admiral we'll send you in your plate." well and he suggests her to go in sark's place mm-hmm. yeah oh no. that's not a nice guy and then he's like no we're not going to do a rescue because yeah. even though it's totally in my character to just go after the people that i love i'm not going to do that this time i'm going to be responsible
1: yeah he's well other thing is like he, he wants. to, to yeah. yeah at <laughs> this point
3: Oh sorry, think? Isabella. He just doesn't want to get removed. I mean it works for him if he doesn't yeah. go rescue her right oh, away. Oh yeah, exactly. Like
1: that, that's what you. I'm saying. Like like he like he's like, acting yeah. like a little child who just got scolded and he's really trying to be on the straight and narrow because he doesn't want to give up he doesn't want to give up his post. Like it's not that like yeah, I mean it it's not that he Oh goodness. I, lo- I lost. Sense. Like he's basically doing this out of fear at this point. He yes. he wants to go ahead and try to make up for 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 past transgressions uh, with all with with his current you know, with his current like hey l- look at me like I'm following the rules now. Like, I didn't
0: can, read can, it can, that way.
1: Can he like? I don't know. I
0: read it much darker, which probably says a lot more about me <laughs> um, than anything Maybe. else. But I think he knew. To a degree, once he found out that it was the Klingons wanted to meet with a high-ranking official off the grid, uh-huh. I think he, and in his instinct, knew it was a trap. Uh-huh. I think he suggested her knowing that she would be an even you know greater asset for them. And I think he stepped back from going on a rescue mission not to behave properly, but, but because he's ahead. hoping that she dies because his problem will go away if she dies because she didn't report it to anybody.
1: She's the only one who knows at this mm-hmm. point.
0: So I think I it mean, was all very calculated.
1: I all right, so I I don't I don't view Lorca as that downright evil because that like that is that is a Yeah, that's up, why I
0: was like he's a bad bad man. Like I think he's really just jumped off the end with this, but I mean I could be wrong, I, I, but
1: Yeah, I think that he is like I feel like even if he did calculate that this thing was going to happen, um, even if he did calculate that this thing was going to happen, I feel like his motive would be I want to go, ahead, I want to get the go ahead from Starfleet to, to, to helm a rescue mission for her. Right. So That way, when I rescue her and she has to go to the. To oh, the right. Starfleet She'll Board have
2: to
0: Admirals, say. It.
1: Then she can say, He's a great guy. He just saved my life.
0: Right. What do you think, Isabella? Um I
3: I I think I'm kinda in between the two
0: of you. Like, perfect. I think
3: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I don't think he like outright thought like manufactured that to like
2: mm-hmm.
3: up from the beginning, but I think once yeah. he realized what happened that he was like just using it to his advantage. Yeah. And to make it make himself seem
0: good. Good, like he's saving. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like I said, yeah, like, yeah like, I I don't believe that's yeah I don't believe that he intentionally set this up like I I think he's just trying to
0: well I mean he, I, I think d- he's
1: just trying to walk the straight and narrow now so that yeah. he so that he doesn't get written up and lose and lose his ship because because I mean, like, he, he said it he said it during the episode during their argument like you don't take my ship this is all I have mm-hmm. like he is trying desperately to cl- to cling on to to his captainship because. You said, <laughs> well. He is desperately trying to grasp uh, onto this uh, onto this starship because it is the only thing at this point that is giving him any purpose, um, and I think that any actions that he is taking right now are in a in a last ditch. Desperate effort to, to to maintain his captain's chair because he does not want to be demoted. He does like, he doesn't want to go back to go back to, to Starfleet command. It's you know, he doesn't want he basically doesn't want to be forcibly retired and put into a desk job. Right. So he like he wants to be on the front lines, which I mean, as I understand it, it like is it, another. One of many manifestations of PTSD, where mm-hmm. you know, where, where folks, or folks who who, have, who who have yeah, who have experienced heavy you know heavy uh, time in war, don't feel good reintegrating back into normal society. They want to be back on the front lines because they feel like that's the only place for them.
0: They understand it, and well, while they understand the the risk and the the problems and all of that, it's all yeah, it's and it's they, what their worlds become, and so it's it's that that coping becomes life instead of. Something mm-hmm. that's a short period of time where you do it, it becomes all they really understand. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, so. Um,
0: yeah. So I guess I just took a really dark view. I, I don't, I don't know. Like he it might was... not have known for sure that it was a trap, but he mm. probably didn't feel good about it. I mean, that's a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it was just there was so much wrong with it. Um, mm-hmm. Even from Serik being the one going out for it um, to be to be the one to meet with them. I just think, I think that he had a, I think he had a bad feeling about it and he set her up for it saying, well, she'd be the perfect person to go do this because yeah. he knew there was a high risk situation.
1: Oh, now, now you're bringing Star Wars into us. I got a bad feeling about I a this. a bad feeling about this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, so dear, dear listeners, I think you know now which one of us uh, in this website is the cynic. That one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, anyways, like so, so obviously, obviously, like episode six, Lorca's uh, Lorca's PTSD and his and his continued story arc is, I think, it was obviously the um like the highlight of this episode for, uh, yes. for all three of us. But it wasn't exactly the, the main plot, right? Uh, the main yeah, plot line. Pretty- Um The 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 episode opens. With something that made me literally laugh out loud was Vulcan <laughs> logic extremists. <laughs> Sorry, I, can't, I can't even say it without laughing because that just sounds so ridiculous. Um, but it is, uh... Uh, but yeah, it is. It is quite. Um, I mean, in, in classic Star Trek fashion, it is quite relevant uh, as a commentary to, uh, to 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 real life and what we're and what we're going through. Where we've got uh, we've got this. Uh, this radical extremist uh, portion of the Vulcan population, who believe that the experiment with, um, with, with with intermingling with humans and with trying to be a partner in Starfleet is uh, is over, and we should just be, they should just be isolationists. They should pull out, um, and and uh, they should basically just be for themselves because it is the logical thing to do. Um, did you two have any thoughts on this ideology and like, are they going for social commentary here or like, are they just trying to go ahead and get, you know, get Sirik into a bad situation for purposes of, you know, driving this episode's plot?
0: Um, I, I'm sure they were to a degree. I, I also do think there's a fair amount of social commentary going on mm-hmm. um, in that, um, in that storyline and in um you can't, I mean, you can't separate this from the time it was written and the time it's airing, which is like with uh, The Handmaid's Tale coming out when it did, um, mm-hmm. even if it didn't originally sort of come, it wasn't uh, produced before kind of this era began, um, but it still has the same, the same impact um, And it still has to be put in this place of when it's airing. And I Uh think there is is a fair amount of social kind of commentary going on in that. I think it's interesting to take the Vulcans, who we see as this kind of superior logic, um, lacking conflict society, which doesn't reflect us, <laughs> or pretty much any societies, you know, to, and to any kind of extreme, um, and to infiltrate this kind of, like, uh, uh, logic can be taken too far, um, and and the emotion that kind of comes from that, because, you know, that guy who, like, literally sacrificed himself in order to crash Sarek's ship. Um, had to be operating from an emotional base. You don't make a decision like that without having some emotional foundation for it.
3: Uh-huh. Right. That's why I was like, does that make any sense. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> it's like, like. Yeah, go ahead. Anti, like, like it's inherently not a logical place. I, I know. And, and that's what I think it's.
0: Yeah. The commentary I <laughs> think is like you go so far to the extreme of logic that you loop back to emotion. <laughs> right. Like, they've gone so far, they've removed so far that they've actually, like, put themselves back in the place of uh, making emotionally-based decisions. Yeah. Which also, you know, ties to the Sarek and... um, Burnham uh, plot as well where um, she's trying to help save him they have this special connection because he saved her life and so she can get into his mind as he's been unconscious on the ship and so she goes through this whole journey of going back to this moment in time that he keeps reliving right before he's going to die and um, she thinks he's reliving her greatest failure but comes to find out he's really reliving his own which was also a decision, I would argue, because he decides he's given the choice by the Vulcan high-ups that he could have Spock or Michael go to uh-huh. the academy, the Vulcan Academy. Um yeah. and he chooses not to send her and to send Spock, um, which I think is an emotional decision as well. It's not a decision based in logic necessarily um Mm -hmm. it's an emotion it's that's an emotion base he wanted his son to be the one to be able to go irony of course spock chooses not to um which we all know by this time um when this whole interaction is going on so he sacrifices her which would have meant so much to her as to have been part and parcel and included yeah and and he so he's reliving this failure
1: yeah um i think this you know this this kind of ties into the whole you know, the whole classic thing with you know televised dramas is that people would just be better off if they talked to each other.
0: Oh. <laughs> we would have lines. no stories at all if people like actually spoke to each other, but you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah, it's a it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Like he could have just gone back to her and said, you know, they made me make mm. this decision, not lied to her. And it's not logical to lie. Mm-hmm. No. It's not logical to lie ever. It it, it it is
1: never logical. Yeah, it's usually never logical to lie. I mean, in so, like in some sci-fi stories, in some science fiction stories they can go ahead and make yeah, make those um Make those uh, those moral dilemmas. where it's just like, right. yeah, well, like you know, like well, like if I had to- if I if I like if I had told you these things, you know, somebody would have died. So I had to keep it to myself. Like you know, we see that all the time. So, um, so like, is it yes? Like in real life, it is never logical to lie. In uh, in in sci-fi world, in
0: storytelling,
1: um, in sto- in storytelling,
0: it's it's necessary. Somet-
1: sometimes those sometimes those things. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's um. Much. Yeah, I mean, it it shows that um, yeah, it shows that he is, uh, or that yeah, you know, that that Seric has, develop, has developed has uh, developed that kind of sympathy. And for and for me, it's um like for me, it's it 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 explores and kind of answers a question that I've always had about Vulcans uh, for uh, for quite some time. Um, I was under the impression that Vulcans were Physically, biologically, uh, unable to, unable to to process emotion. Like, like they, like they didn't have like an amygdala or something like that in mm-hmm. their brain. Um, would uh, think the. No.
0: Oh no, he froze. me too. Yeah. Uh oh. Oh no, no, Dante, if you can hear us, hang up, come back. Yeah. We can't hear you anymore, Dante. Um, well, going off of what he was saying, mm-hmm. I think
3: that, yeah, I I think I was under that impression, too. And that's why Spock was so... Tortured? Um, special. Yeah, and special in his own oh. way because he was the joining of, you know the incredibly mo- emotional humans and the very logical
0: Vulcans. Right.
3: But and that's the
0: reason why it was so hard for him was because it was actually, I don't think I'd ever, I'd ever heard that it was a physical thing as much as I understood it to be, um, like an ideology. Yeah. <laughs> that the, the society and the social, um, um, commentary of it was the, 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 the yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, God, okay. I'm so sorry, everybody.
1: Know- I'm so embarrassed because my computer just decided to, like, reboot itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that That's what you get, folks, when you ignore the Windows updates. Yes, um- <laughs>
0: you can't ignore them forever. They do force you into them. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: So anyway. Um,
0: yeah. So, so Izzy sorry. was what- saying that she she had the same understanding um, that yeah. it was a physical thing. I didn't I didn't know that. I don't I don't remember having heard that that it was actually a physical lacking, but that it was more societal. And my okay. evidence for this is going to be um Ponfar.
1: okay you know far. Ponfar? Ponfar right. Nope, sure don't. Uh,
0: it's it's like they're mating mm-hmm. heat
3: thing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. Like, like they go into like extreme emotional mating phase.
0: Yes. Right. Where um
3: which awareness. will
0: actually kill them if they don't um they go don't through with it. <laughs> go through with it within a within an you know accurate amount of time. And in the original series, um I was really hoping I could remember the title of that episode, but I don't. Um <laughs> uh, there is a an episode where Spock is like Uh, visibly emotionally distressed and is like breaking down and then it comes to light that he's been trying to hide it. Again, illogical. Um, He's trying to hide Mm -hmm. that he has this physical response and that he has the Ponfar and he needs to go like to Vulcan and he's been promised by his parents to marry some chick and he needs to go take care of that in order to... um, rid himself of the physical manifestation of his sex drive
1: interesting okay so i clearly uh, am less of a trekkie than you know. Than uh, I,
0: I think I, I think we can pretty much throw the gauntlet down and say that i'm the trekkie in this
1: oh, course.
2: of
0: course yeah. <laughs> not only uh, the purists but definitely have to have seen the you know to know the lore, at least of the original series, to to a
3: greater yeah I, don't, uh, yeah, I don't even know where I remember that from. I think it was from Enterprise, actually. Uh,
0: yeah, yes, it actually happens um, to um to the and on Enterprise as well. Um, mm-hmm. and we had an episode where we talked at, in depth about enterprise and that was a real sticking point um, for a couple of people in that conversation about how they had treated her sexuality I can't remember her name off the top of my head to Paul to Paul um uh, because she's triggered by some outside force it isn't like the time and but she gets triggered but it's like in this extreme sort of sexual thing um and I don't know if I don't know if that's still emotion as much as sort of that primal, but they still have whatever primal brain drives them to procreate.
3: That's what a race that is logic-based would, and pretty sexless, I guess, would develop. To you know, continue the species, right.
0: right? They'd have to. They'd have to have something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, it was a really, a really cool sort of way to integrate some of um, Michael's background um, through the mm-hmm. mind meld and through seeing it through um, Serik's eyes as her father figure. Um, yeah, I thought that that was it was you know helpful that she was able to find him. And rescue and help him jar him awake enough to get him to um, hit the just button. press the button yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the beacon so they could find him and rescue him
3: yeah
1: like it like and cool. like it it was it was fine um, obviously like I think like I think everybody who's watching knows <laughs> what I thought was the more compelling uh,
0: yeah oh I agree
1: plot point okay. like th- this yeah. just seemed like. I don't know. Like, wh- when they go into, like, unnecessary retcons where, like, Spock had this, like, basically had this secret sister the whole time that, uh, that, you know, that nobody knew about until now, I'm like, eh, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, as far as I'm concerned, like, I don't know. That, that, that just gets messy. Like, I, I didn't need, like, I'm sure it's different for for a purist like you, but like for for the uninitiated lay people who just kind of like casually enjoy Star Trek like I do, um, like I didn't need the whole Seric, uh, the whole Sarek inter, intertwining thing. Like I don't like honestly, like if I never see Kirk or Scotty or or Spock or Chekov or Uhura or anybody from the original series, like it'll like, it'll be perfectly fine. Like mm-hmm. there is like there's an entire universe out there um there's an entire universe out there and sure like you can go ahead and have Michael Burnham be Vulcan but like why did it have to be Sarek like did it have to be Sarek could it have been could it have been like literally anyone Any other else Vulcan. like like because as far because exactly is it because like as yeah. far as as far as I know like there's basically like one Vulcan family and that's Sarek's family <laughs>
0: <laughs> his wife is human <laughs>
1: Yeah, and his, and his wife is human. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I, I like, agree. It's a sort of forcing connections that we wouldn't necessarily need to force. And it might have been more interesting too had it not been Sarek and it had been another Vulcan ambassador who had taken in a human child. And then we yeah. could have seen the connection to Sarek, but it wouldn't have had to have been him driving the Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah.
1: So yeah, so like so the entire story for that for that reason kind of like kind of fell flat for me mm-hmm. but i'm not like it It wasn't like he was poorly executed i think it was just like i was not i was not fully engrossed in the whole intermingling with the one vulcan family that we that we know exists from the original series and from the and from the original movies and mm-hmm. from the rebooted movies I'm like right. so show me something different um yeah. But I mean, but I mean, I don't know. Like how like what do you feel from the purist standpoint like are we happy <laughs> that Saric is uh, that Sarek is here? Are we happy that it's, <sighs> that it's tying into the original uh, to the original series lore or at least trying to retcon itself into the original series lore?
0: I don't know. Like I I think I would be happier if it was if it was someone else um because I'm constantly thinking about Sarek's place in um the original series and in next generation um and how complicated that makes this Uh storyline i'm always kind of happy to see calls back to like i'm glad to see mud in this because i think he was just such a great character in the original series um and i'm I'm curious to see where it goes with him because i know he's going to be in more episodes um And so uh, I I like, they had a lot of characters they could have pulled on. Um, Not necessarily Vulcans, but a lot of characters from the original series that they wanted to pull them in, that they could have um, other captains. Uh, There was one, I can't remember, The Doomsday Machine. Um, is an episode from the original series where um, it was literally like a space entity that was eating starships and the captain that they find who has had his starship eaten has just been absolutely destroyed he would have been a perfect candidate to bring uh-huh. into this series because he is only in one episode he dies yeah. in that episode you know he would have been great um they could have you know shown him interacting with lorca and how you know it would have been it just would have been really good there were a lot of other places they could have gone to tie to the original lore without going for the most well known vulcan
1: so the second most well known Vulcan.
0: The second most well, yeah, the second most <laughs> yeah. well known Vulcan. Vulcan makes a Spock, but still connected to Spock. So yeah, yes. they could have they they had a lot of room to do it. And I understand the the desire to tie it to the outstanding characters because that gives it the cred, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it needed it. I think if they yes. would have done the writing, um, would have focused on the writing well enough, it would have it wouldn't yes. have really done that. I okay. uh, just want to make a um, really quick comment about Tilly's um, character in this episode. Yes. Cause she um, starts training with Michael um, mm-hmm. to, you know, strengthen her, you know, application to try to move up the ranks.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was exactly what this character needed. Um, like she like she came off like she came off very strong in the first couple of episodes and i was initially just like oh god like too much too much um but now i think that she i i feel like she is finally over the whole awkward like can you be my friend please be my friend now <laughs> um like she she's over that bit and now i think we're actually getting to see who tilly actually is and um and there's there's a little bit more depth to her personality other than the 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 the, the comedically crippling uh social uh socially
0: uh,
1: awkwardness that uh, that that we that we've seen. Yeah, um, I agree. So yeah, so so we see like you know like she she is actually like she she ha- she has drive, she has plans, she she she's capable of having some sort of uh, complex complex situations because you know, she's the one who goes ahead and, and kicks uh, kicks Michael under the table to go ahead and just feel like a cute boy is looking at you shake right. his hand <laughs> you know so like so, so she, she's not all that like, she, she's not all made of socially awkward she understands how to pick up at least some social cues yeah um, yeah
0: it gave her it gave her depth. And yeah. I love at the end. So Michael is like pushing her to run faster and to get into better physical shape, mm-hmm. um, following essentially Michael's own trajectory to becoming first officer.
1: No, ex- exactly. Yeah, right. because yeah, and, and she because yeah, she tried to to convince Tilly that like listen, you know, like you know, uh, your personality is going to mean nothing because everybody who applies to be captain is going to be smart. Um, you know, like, you know, you need to be able to go ahead and distinguish yourself in some other way. And like, that was was really cool.
0: Yeah. Well, and then I love that at the end where, um, Michael finds her running again and she says don't don't follow my path forge your own and she's like I plan to and I was just mm-hmm. like yeah you go girl <laughs> no, yeah,
1: yeah. And, and I yeah and I really like that she is genuinely adopted uh, the fact that uh, that Michael uh, that Michael uh, is is her mentor
2: figure mm-hmm. yeah. um,
1: I think that uh, I mean it says it says a lot about her personality um, about her personality um that she appears to be one of very few Starfleet officers who is able to overlook the big, like you know, scarlet letter that uh, that you know, that right. the Michael is carrying. The uh, you know, like yeah, like mm-hmm. you know, she she basically should have a scarlet M sitting around her neck, you know, um, at this point, because like, is they 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 basically bring up mutineer or mutineer in every single episode yeah. um
0: it's dropped at least once That's I- <laughs> yeah, it's, dropped at,
1: it's dropped at least once and and tilly at this point doesn't seem to care right. um she like i think i think just just by by virtue of being forced to live with her and being forced uh forced into close quarters she realized like there's a lot more to michael than just the mutiny part of it and you know like i I, I get the impression that Michael is usually not very forthcoming about these yeah. kinds of things. I get the impression that they haven't had very many heart-to-heart conversations about her past <laughs> uh, or anything like that. Like, I'm sure that it has been one-sided. That like Tilly has just like you know poured out everything <laughs> about yeah, uh, about her past, and Michael is just sitting there like, uh huh, okay. That's great. Yeah.
0: Well, and she was also the one who helped her open the, um, the last will and Testament from Giorgio, which was really important. Sure, yeah. so she's been there in very significant ways, um, without having been too terribly overbearing, which she could have been, they could have made her character very overbearing in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. even, even with the enthusiasm she had to be her friend and to kind of connect with her. So yeah. they really have done well, they've done a good treatment of her.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, she, it like I said, like, they they stumbled a little bit. I at least I felt they stumbled a little bit, but uh, she's you know, she's finally she's finally hit her stride. You know, yeah. no pun intended, because she's running this entire episode. <laughs> 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 I like I swear, like I do this so often that now I don't even mean to do it and I still do
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. I like
1: fun. We can fun. Um. But uh, but yeah, like I, I, I really I really enjoy where where Tilly is going. And honestly, like I would love to see like if, if at the end of the season, if at the end of the season Tilly gets to be captain of her own vessel, um, gets to be captain of her own vessel and chooses Michael as a first officer, like I would be like, way to go. Way to go start. <laughs> um, well, we
0: already know. That leads me to what the point I was gonna close on is we already know there's gonna be a second season.
1: Yeah, we already know there's going to be a second season. Already
0: announced the second season.
1: Yeah, um, and yeah, yeah, and they and they've set up for um, you know they set up for Michael to go ahead and continue to be part of the show by basically giving her they they gave her a uh, uh, another position. Yeah, another position. So she's
0: got an official role on the ship now, which is which,
1: which is, is weird. I, I like I'm I'm not like how do you two feel about it because I I I'm very conflicted about this. Um, I don't understand. Well, um, yeah, go ahead.
3: Understand how they could actually even like recruit her into an official set. Like, like, yeah, getting a prisoner on board who helped you a step, sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: well,
0: I think um, he's he's made giving a- her an official position kind of seems. Yeah, he's made reference to some provision that says in time of war you can make
1: strange bedfellows strange no you
0: can make um you know out of norm decisions for personnel yeah he says that too um Uh, the Admiral in their conversations when when she's like, oh, you which kind of makes me think about what's her role after the war well, and that'll be the question, like, will he be able to stand on that, and that's that's an interesting thing for the series, is how long is it going to be in wartime Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming it's pretty much that's the crux of the entire show Um, so I'm assuming they're going to be at war the entire for the entire show, it might resolve at the end, and then you'll have some sort of you know warm and fuzzy happy ending Do we know how long the war lasted i don't remember
1: no i mean all we know is that this is basically 10 years before before the original series like, yeah we don't know how long this war is going to last or and they're
0: not in good terms in the original series with the klingons even though they're not actively at war they've just come to an agreement where they have the neutral zone that nobody goes into
2: okay
0: and um, so. they they're still you know not on good terms this war does not resolve the issues it does not bring Worf onto the bridge that yeah. happens after the original series so okay. so, all right, mm-hmm.
1: so so what I, I guess what I'm hearing then is that this war lasts somewhere in the neighborhood of uh now to 10 years right yeah like some (laughs) some number less than 10 years because uh because by the start of the original series we have to have the neutral zone
0: right yeah we have to have the neutral zone established and um but the there's enough it's been recent enough so that the feelings about the klingons still ride very high Mm -hmm. in terms of them being um the word that's coming to mind is animalistic, which is not the word I'm thinking of. Um, barbaric. barbaric, yes, that's that's yes, barbaric, um, violent, um, the complete opposite of the Vulcans because they rely entirely on emotion. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, um, that those feelings are still pretty pretty fresh um, at the start of uh, and throughout the original series, or mm-hmm. um, they you know the. The Tr- Trouble of Tribbles episode has, features the Klingons predominantly. Because somebody's passing is not being Klingon, but who is. Which would be impossible in this timeline. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, unless you had some sort of major reconstruction. Did I read that? Did you say that, Dante, that you think the Torchbringer is Ash? Or did I read that somewhere?
1: No, you uh, you read that somewhere. Okay. Uh, that is most certainly a thought that never crossed my mind. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Somebody somewhere, and it was probably, I shared a couple of articles with you guys um, about it. And In one of those articles, I think somebody had supposed that um, the torchbearer says something about, the woman who saves him says something about, you need to go to extreme lengths for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so somebody had posited that he had had some sort of surgery to make himself look human, got himself placed on that ship. And then they let them escape,
3: which that, I think is a little
0: far-fetched. But that sounds really far-fetched. Yeah. So.
1: I mean, I mean, like if if the Klingons all looked like they did in the original series, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was before they they started going going with ham the with all the, all the prosthetics. Yeah. Um,
0: they didn't have any. I mean, they had like a little. They had a little, you know, like
1: thing or something like that. Yeah, and they had like and they big had,
0: lines and like some prosthetics here, but they were not very pronounced, and that's pretty much all they had. And Their eyebrows went up, and they yeah, all they had were, facial hair.
1: Yeah, they all had their their skinny little goatees These and little stuff goatees, like that. Yeah, and yeah. they were
0: slightly darker skinned.
1: Yeah, like and yeah, it was it wasn't until next generation where you started seeing Klingons with Klingons. the very pronounced ridges mm-hmm. on their head, and which has ultimately evolved into. You know now where they're basically scenting at lobsters with legs.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they do look very crustacean. Yeah,
1: you know, like I. Yeah, just like, I, I have a hard time believing that uh, that these beings actually have a spine. Like I'm convinced that they're all basically just exoskeleton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> but that's just uh, that's just me.
0: All um, right. Um, I think we have, uh, we've uh, hit at least all the main points that I can think of that we had. I think so. For this, yeah, we covered episodes five and six, pretty good. Um, So it's Saturday as we're recording this live. Um, So the next episode's episode seven. Oh wait, I saw the title of it here somewhere. Um, Oh, that's another long one. Uh, Episode seven, magic to make the sanest man go mad.
1: Magic can make the sanest man go mad. Yes. Is, Is this a Cthulhu
3: episode?
0: Um, the the science, Oh gosh, stammit Stamets. It might Stamets. be. Um, he's he's got a, he's pictured in the um, in the like uh, thumbnail for the episode, and it says as the USS Discovery crew attempts to let loose at a party, an unwelcome visitor comes aboard, bringing about a problematic and twisted sequence of events.
1: Interesting. It could be
0: mud. Maybe mud got out. Oh, I think.
1: Oh, uh, you know what? I think. Yeah, I saw, I saw that in the previews. Yeah, now that, that I think about back. it, it is mud. I
0: think I remember hearing yeah. His yeah, name it. Yeah, or... it was at
1: the end of the preview where they were just like, hey, I'm back. And I was yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah. How did you oh, get out?
0: I think it's going to be mud. But yeah, magic to make the sanest man go mad is episode seven. So we'll be back in two weeks talking about episodes seven and eight. And mm-hmm. we would love to hear your feedback um uh, please go visit us at thegeekembassy.com and let us know what you're thinking um or catch us on twitter at thegeekembassy. you can catch me on twitter at docliz and dante and isabella give your handles as well in case anybody wants to chat with you.
1: i am at dante informal it's flame <laughs> rhyme folks.
0: <laughs> um i'm on twitter at Isarizzo. Yeah. So catch up with us. Uh, send us your thoughts. Is Lorca a sociopath? Is he as evil as I think he is? Is he not quite as evil as Dante think he Dante thinks he is, or is he somewhere in the middle as uh, as Isabella is taking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and until next time, get your geek on and mm-hmm. go go disco. <laughs> no,
1: never no. disco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye.